Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Well, let's take our Bibles and go to, we'll start in Romans chapter 14. I told you that we would uh, get to the Sunday where we would talk about the Holy Spirit, being that we passed up Pentecost Sunday and uh, we're in a, a series at the time. And so uh, I wanted to give the Holy Spirit his due today and uh, celebrate him and talk about him and his operation in our lives. And uh, so we, uh, um, that's why some of the songs we, we did today were focused on the person of the Holy Spirit. And so encountering the, whole, the Spirit as a person, not as an it, is vital to our Christian life, vital to our Christian walk, because the Spirit is the one who makes our life in Christ possible. You know, it's because of Him, the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead lives in us now. You know, He lives in you. Come on, tell somebody next to you, He lives in you right now, right now. He lives in you. Right now, that's a, that is a present reality for us as believers. And so that, that same Spirit who raised Him from the dead lives in us, which means that he makes living this Christian life possible because all the power you need is in you. It's in him. His presence ensures that our Christian life is, is not made up of mere dutiful obedience. Uh, how, many, how many of you guys have played that game, that religious game, right? The dutiful obedience. Uh, it's dead. It's lifeless and it doesn't it certainly doesn't bring any joy to your life, right? Uh, but it's more of just a delightful experience of Christ himself. That's what his presence in you means. And so in, in, in some circles, talking too much about the Holy Spirit might cause people, you know, to question your doctrinal credentials. Uh, uh, many people are, are, are scared to go too deep in their experience of the Spirit's presence and power because they've seen other people go to extremes. How many of you have seen that too? Yeah. Raised in it. <laughs> right. Our saying back then was, I'd rather have wildfire than no fire at all. Right? <laughs> and I kind of agree, but still, we shouldn't necessarily be out of order because that's not who God is. He's the, he is not the God of confusion. So, um, there, there are several reasons for calling. I mean, seeking an experience with the Spirit, apart from, apart from God's Word, is maniacal. Right? That's what we call the radical fringe. Uh, those, those sensationalists, those who are seeking experiences. And it's fine to have an experience, but if that's, what you're, if that's the end game for you, if that's, that's the goal, uh, you're not getting this thing right because we walk by faith, not by fun experiences with God. Amen. Thank you for your enthusiasm. So we, and faith isn't always fun, right? So if, sometimes if faith is all you got when there ain't no fun. And it ain't always fun making yourself 
speak your confession of faith. I mean, you know, when everything is, in, that you're experiencing is contrary to that, right? And, and, you, and you start questioning it like, I'm just living a lie. It's not true. Faith is real. It is our Christian reality. You can have the real world, what you call it, the real, I live in the real world. Well, how's that working for you? Huh? Uh, there, there's another reality for us to have, and it's a reality of victory, right? It's a reality of uh, the, the, the everyday experience with the presence of God living in us, and that knowing that that same power that raised him from the dead means anything's possible today. Anything's possible. But it's possible for those who believe. Um, you know, there are people who are out there <laughs> listening for voices. I always get a little bit cautious, and I, I'm, I'm not here to question anybody's experience, but I, get, I always get a little bit cautious when I hear somebody tell me more than 10 times in a sentence that the Lord told them something. Is it just me? Okay, maybe I need to work on that. God told me, God told me. When's the last time you read your Bible? I kind of find that there's not much time in the Word of God, the written Word of God. It's, it's listening for the voices. Oh, you'll find the voices. You keep looking for them. They're out there. <laughs> but, you know, Jesus said it's, it's an evil and a perverse generation. They're looking for the signs. Ouch. Because... The enemy is crafty. And one of uh, one, one doctrine that's out there, I won't name the doctrine, but there's usually come in twos to your house in black and white on a bicycle. <laughs> they call themselves elders and they're 18 years old. <laughs> Has to house up on your bike. Now you're ringing at my doorbell. All right. Anyway, they, uh, they I, I, I've had several conversations um, with these young people, and I love them. I love their, I love their gumption and uh, their their commitment. I do appreciate that. Uh, there, there's something admirable about that that they, at that age, would devote two years of their life. Of course, if they don't, they get kicked out of the church. But uh, I mean, <laughs> there's that. But um, we've had several conversations, and, and it really comes down to they want to pray this prayer with you. They're trying to get the conversation to this prayer where you pray and ask the Lord to confirm this to you and there will be some kind of sensation in your bosom. A burning, a something burning sensation. So you have to be careful about and, and that that will be confirmation that this is true. So what you need to pray, their prayer is, you need to pray, Holy Spirit, is this true? Should I accept this? And, and I'm telling you right now, you should already know whether it's true or not. Yeah. Oh, you've got the written word of God to tell you the truth. Then to get out this in this ethereal, oddball world and start listening for voices to confirm something to you. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to you're gonna get jacked up. Yeah. You're going to go astray. You're going you're gonna to be deceived. 
going to do that. We have the written word of God. And every voice that we hear, I'm not saying you can't hear the voice of God. You can hear the voice. If you're a judge, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. All right? And, and, and the church has done a bang-up job of making people feel like they don't know how to hear God. And these ding-dongs write these books. And that ding-dong's a nice word today. That they write these books, how to hear the voice of God. Like, now you're making people think that they don't know how to hear the voice of God. Jesus said it plainly. My sheep hear my voice. I don't need you to tell me your doctrinal thesis on how to hear the voice of God. I already have him living on the inside of me. It's that simple, right? He guides me into all truth. Thank you, Dr. Ding Dong. But there, uh, there, there, but you know, <laughs> worship gatherings devolve into chaos, strange experiences distracting from God's word and from his gospel. In reaction to these unfortunate expressions, people tend to rush to the other extreme, right? The pendulum swings. Go to the other side. And let's just not go there at all. Well, is that the way we approach this? Are there not people preaching and perverting the gospel? Does that mean we just don't preach it now because somebody perverted it? Hmm? No, somebody has to be out there to continue to speak the truth. One thing my father taught me in, in theology and, and, and Bible study and all that, he said, son, the truth is always somewhere in the middle. He said, you see the pendulum swing. There's this extreme over here, this extreme over here. Just remember, the truth is always in the middle. <laughs> and just remember that. And um, that has really helped me tremendously, especially in studying the Word of God. But, but there are those who won't go there because they've seen it abused or misused. And so they minimize any expectation of hearing from God's spirit or experiencing him at all. It's just, you're okay, I'm okay, let's just not talk about it. My, 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 my relationship with God is a private matter. Well, I'm sorry, Christian, you don't get that luxury. It ain't just you and Jesus working your own thing out. You are a light in this world now. The light is on. And there's a reason that that light is on, so others can see him in you, and they can come to him too, right? All right, you are on public notice all the time, amen. Another reason people might be, I don't know, reserved or scared even of the Spirit is because, isn't he a bit controversial? We can't explain him really. Father, that makes sense. Son, Spirit. I don't know. It's, but Christians come to different conclusions regarding the baptism of the Spirit with speaking in tongues. You knew I was going to mention that, didn't you? Often you'll find that people in the same congregation, probably even here, differ on some of these things. In order to uh, keep controversies uh, from breaking out in the church, many just keep quiet about the Spirit altogether. They just don't touch the subject. But I'm happy to talk about him. I'm not scared of him. He's changed my life. Right? And when I see it in the Word, I see him and, I see, and, and, and realize that this, this is not something to be trivialized. This is not something to be minimized. This is not something to overemphasize. It's just something to live in. Right? We live in the Spirit. We live by the Spirit. So, uh, and, and there, there may, there, there's another reason why may be unsure about the things of the Spirit. And this, this reason can be more personal. 
And that is perhaps maybe some here even in this room that you're afraid of the Spirit because of what He may ask of you. Because when you read like the book of Acts, you read, you know, how he worked in the early church and, and, and how he empowered the believers and how he guided them and, you know, and, and these miracles and things were happening and some rather odd things were happening as well. And, and rather than be excited by, you know, this kind of thing, it kind of more scares you than anything else. And you want to stay hands off, find it more comfortable to keep God at that arm's length, you know. Big guy in the sky, the man upstairs. Let's just keep him in those, those little phrases. And like I said, you're okay, I'm okay, and we're all okay. And it's easier to just kind of focus on our behavior than on what's really in our heart. To focus on him doctrinally rather than experientially. And both things are important. Because he might just call us to step out of our little comfort zone here. In his letter to the Romans, the Apostle Paul encourages believers. Finally going to quote some scripture here. <laughs> For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's good, isn't it? Because... In order to avoid causing unnecessary offense uh, to other believers, and this is what Paul is, in this chapter specifically, he's talking about the matter of the conscience, conscience of the believer, the conscience of the believer, and, and how really that's, that's off limits to each other. We don't have a right to tell each other how they ought to think, or, or, or we, we're not the judges of their conscience. The Spirit of God is the one who determines. And people are, people are at different levels on that. But at the end of the day, we have to remember this, that we choose love even over liberty. Right? Liberty is great. But if my liberty hurts somebody else, then I don't choose that liberty any longer. I choose love over liberty. All right, And that's what this whole chapter is about. And then he kind of sums it up here in this verse. He said, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. You're saying, you know, there, this, this, these arguments have been in the church for years. And, and what, what many Christians call sins, you can't even find those sins in the Bible. Right? Not even the Bible goes that far. But, boy, we're good at it. Sin, that's a sin. That, I don't like it, so it's sin. I don't agree with it, so it's sin. It must be sin. Yeah. And so is that judgmental attitude. <laughs> it's just as sinful as anything else. <laughs> I find it extraordinary in these lists of sins that we do have in the scriptures that the ones that seem to shout at very specific sins, which we all know what those sins are, is that the, the reviler is in the same list. That is the one who's speaking hateful things to them. It's in the same list. Oh, I, didn't, I forgot about that. In other words, we're all weak. <laughs> You're going to find your fault. Don't you look very far. I don't have to look very far. And if I, and if I, I can't seem to find it, I got a wife. <laughs> I 
The kingdom of God is righteousness. That's what this says. That's God's gift to us in salvation. And, 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 and the righteous behavior that he's working in us. It's also peace. And this peace is with God and peace with others. And it's joy in the Holy Spirit. That's good. This is what the kingdom of God is. And too, too many times that the Holy Spirit is, is kind of attached to crazy manifestations, right? Division in the church or even fear of what he might ask of us. But this verse flips all of that upside down. It just takes us right to the essence of who the Spirit is. His presence doesn't lead to distracting and self-focused practices of piety, but no, rather the righteousness of God. Amen. It doesn't stir up division. It's peace. And he certainly doesn't grant us fear, but joy. Luke 24, let's turn over there. A few more minutes. Can you take two more minutes? How about three? How about four? <laughs> I like it. And he can count. <laughs> Luke 24, 45, and he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. This is after Jesus rose from the dead, and he appears to these two men that are walking on this road that leads to a place called Emmaus, the city of our town of Emmaus. And, uh, and they don't recognize Jesus. They just see him as a stranger. He sees that these guys, their countenance has fallen. What's going on? Why are you so sad? They said, where have you been, man? Didn't you hear? And so they, they go back and tell him about him dying on the cross. <laughs> and, and then Jesus is patient with them in this. I love this. I love this whole experience. Luke is the only one who records this story. I don't know why it's not in all four gospels because it's such a powerful story. But Luke tells us this story and, it, and, he, and he talks about how Jesus takes the time to do a Bible study with them, right? He sees, he see, and, and, and he, he even calls them out on a, their, their slowness of heart, right? <laughs> they're, they're, they're slow to believe, and, and he opened their understanding, though, that they might comprehend the scriptures. Then he said to them, thus it is written, thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Wow. The word tarry here means... Uh, to sit down. Really what it means. To sit down. Sit down in Jerusalem. This is the resurrected Savior who's just commissioning them to go, but don't go and preach. Go and sit. All right? That time's coming, but you cannot do this without that power in you. You need the Holy Spirit active in your life in order for this to go the right way. Acts 1, verse 4, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not <clears throat> many days from now. The fact that Jesus' command before his ascension is go and sit rather than go and tell emphasizes this for us, doesn't it? It emphasizes the importance of the Holy Spirit's role in our life. And if we miss this point, then we'll focus on what we can do in our own strength. Uh, and, and, and we'll downplay the necessity of the Spirit in the work of taking the gospel. 
to the world. The baptism of the Spirit happened at the beginning of the church age, and 3,000 Jews were saved that day. 3,000. Right? And it was chaotic at first. And then Peter had to help them understand what was going on because it was out of the norm of what they knew. The Spirit's going to do things that are not normal to you. All right? Because he don't care about your opinion about it. He don't care about your experience. He don't care about what you know or don't know. Right? He's not limited to that. He's going to be who he is because he's God. Amen. And so as, as all this is happening, these people are speaking in tongues and people are going, well, these people are drunk. So well, they're thinking, I mean, naturally, right? Well, what you would think if you've seen people act in a way that you, that's not normal, you think they're on something. So they thought these people are drunk. And Peter's like, guys, it's nine o'clock in the morning. They're not drunk. But here's what's happening here. And he's able to stand up and then make sense of what they're seeing here, this phenomenon. And he says, this was prophesied years before by Joel. In the last days, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Anyway, look at this, Acts 2.1. Then when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, the sound as of a rushing mighty wind. Uh, don't, don't make the mistake of thinking there was a wind because we don't know that. All we know, there was a sound of a wind. And uh, do you remember that wind we heard, honey, on May 28, 1995? Uh, we were a block away from a tornado that touched down a block away from my parents' house. And I've told you all this, this story about us being in the house and all of a sudden, and this is out in West Texas, and all of a sudden, all the north windows busted into the house and hail and tree branches and all that stuff. We're like, what is going on here? It took a second to figure out that we're in bad shape right now. And uh, my parents were actually out of town, so we were just there uh, watching the house for them. And, but the, I, I'll never forget the sound. And I've always, I'd always heard about the, the sound of a tornado if you're within, that. there's a locomotive kind of train sound, and it's exactly what that is. I mean, and it's deafening to the ears. And uh, I'm, I'm wondering what this sounded like, but it says it was the sound of a, of a rushing mighty wind, and that sound filled all the house where they were what? They were sitting. They were doing exactly what Jesus said to do. Go and sit. And then, then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. So there's some kind of physical thing they can see, manifestation of a of fire that kind of looks like a tongue on top of their heads. It's odd. And, but, and then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So there, there's three things that we see happened in this moment. There's the sound of this wind. There's this fire sitting on each of them. And then there's this new language coming out of their mouth, right? So it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Um, as I've said before, you know, my, my growing up experience, I'm grateful to God for it, wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, but, you know, some of it was wonderful and some of it was woeful uh, when it came to, you know, the things of the Spirit and the experience of, of the baptism of the Spirit. And wonderful because the truth is we weren't a afraid to engage in the gifts of the Spirit and to see the manifestation of the Spirit. I love that. I always, I've always been a part of a church that believed in, I believe in miracles. We've, that's been our theme, right? <laughs> we, we love it. We uh, and love to see uh, the, the work, the hand of God at work. Um, and uh, it's vital importance to the church. 
We don't believe that it passed away and that it was only for some specific time. We believe it's still very real today. Am I in the right church? Did I change churches all of a sudden? Okay, all right. It's, uh, but it was also the woeful kind of side of it was, it was like there was a striving to it. You know, it wasn't seen as something that was gifted to us by God. It was something that we kind of had to work up with some kind of <laughs> frenzy. Like, I mean, it was the strangest thing to me. And I, I love my Pentecostal peeps, all right? I, I, but it was always so odd to me when everybody would be, we'd just be talking, asking each other how their week was, and, and, then, and then say, hey, why don't we pray? And so it, all, all of a sudden, everybody's kind of getting in a little circle. And, and, uh, and then, uh, Brother Tom, why don't you pray? Oh, God! <laughs> like, what just happened? Like, we had to perform something for God, like, work up this emotion. Uh, you know, God's like, you know, you can just talk to me. If I'm just thinking, if I'm God, I'm like, oh, my gosh. They're still trying to perform for my favor and grace, and it's a gift to them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Your sincerity is not winning you points. <laughs> I see, that's quite insincere looking to me. The baptism of the Holy Spirit also happened at the, at the first Gentile converts, uh, conversion at Cornelius' house. Interesting that this event happened at, at the very beginning of how, where people get saved. Amen. It's important. It's vital. It's vital to not only our, our experience in, in this, uh, with God, but also our daily Christian lives. And there's all kinds of benefits to it. Uh, to praying in other tongues, and I don't have time to go into all those things because we are just about out of time. But I do want to encourage you in it, to be vigilant in it, because if you are somebody who is baptized with the Spirit and you speak in other tongues, maybe you'll agree with me that it's not something that just comes natural. It's something that you have to be mindful of and to keep cultivating. Am I right? Am I in the right church? All right. Because, I mean... Without thinking about it, you can go days without even doing it and not realize it. And we have this incredible gift that just kind of gets pissed off to the side because it doesn't make sense here, right? It doesn't make sense here, so it's not something that's naturally on your mind. You have, you have to cultivate that. You have to be intentional with it and be one who, because the Bible says that when we speak in a tongue, we pray to God. We don't speak to man. This, this is a, a communication relationship with God. We also speak mysteries. We're speaking the secrets of God. We're uttering divine revelation into our lives, into the world. Who knows what all we're saying there? All I'm saying is he needs us. He needs us because we're the ones who have authority in this earth. God gave it to man, but he's given us something to say. If you'll just say this, I know it ain't going to make no sense to your mind at all, right? It's going to sound like gibberish. Still sounds like gibberish to this day to me. I don't care. I'm not bound to that. I don't think I know everything, right? I trust him. And if this is the gift he gave me to die, then I'm going to hobble a gobble all day long. All right? As my dad used to say, yabba dabba do. Fred Flintstone's the first spirit-filled cartoon. But <laughs> if you haven't experienced it, I want to encourage you. Just seek it out. Seek it out. 
And if you want to do that today, I'll, I'll stay right here after church and pray with you to receive that beautiful gift of the baptism of the Spirit. Because we love it. Believe in it. Thank you, Father, for this time together. Thank you for the Holy Spirit of God who loves us, who lives in us, who's with us in our everyday, work-a-day lives. But Lord, may we not forget the power that's in us. May we not forget that the Holy Spirit of God lives in us. And our bodies are temples. This is how you see us, God. This is what you say about us. That we are a sanctuary for the Holy Spirit to abide in. My God. That we would get that revelation and stay in that revelation. Thank you that you have so redeemed us by the blood of Jesus and so thoroughly washed us and made us whole that the Holy Spirit <laughs> is comfortable to live in us. That's how right with God we are through faith in Jesus. And so we thank you for that. Spirit of God, guide us, lead us. And Lord, enrich our experiences in the baptism of the Spirit. Enrich our experiences, Lord. Call these things to our remembrance. Help us to be those who are faithful, God, to use this gift and to express it in the earth, express it in our own lives. Lord, we know that because of you, because of the Holy Spirit who lives in us and helps us in our weaknesses, that all things work together for good. Help us to activate that more and more, God, to truly lean on you more and trust in you more. And Lord, I repent for where I've not. I repent for where I've I've leaned on my own understanding. I repent for where I've, uh, I've, I've trivialized this at times. Or I haven't been active in it. I repent, Lord, for trusting other things, looking to other things when you're the one, you're the answer. I thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you for blessing every household here, every family, God, that grace, that God, that they would experience this kingdom of God reality that's found in the person of the Holy Spirit, which is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Let it be in every home here, God, in the name of Jesus, that love would cover a multitude of sins, love would abound, and peace would reign in Jesus' name. Lord, for those that are hungry for it today, Lord, I thank you for a quick reception of it <laughs> and new experiences with you because of it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.